I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Show playoff action in Red Deer tonight. The Rebels home to Saskatoon, and the Rebels up 2-0 in that series. Remember, get the soft serve ice cream if you're going to the game in Red Deer tonight. That was recommended. Mm. We had Troy Gillard on the show. Kellen's taste of that ice cream. <laughs> I, I can taste it. I can't have it anymore, but I, I can taste it for sure. Well, are, are you willing to share why you can't have it? You yeah. Did, you did bring it up. I mean, Kellen, Kellen yeah. has a little bit of a personal... Uh, well, not news, but you can share a little bit about your yourself here. Yeah, uh, uh, what was it over the the past uh, couple of weeks or so? I'm I'm adjusting to a, a kind of a new life as a uh, type two diabetic. So um, I got the diagnosis with that. Uh, I want to say a couple of weeks ago or so. Oh, uh, whenever the Oilers went to uh, um, uh, Arizona and played out at the right. uh, Mullet. So how are, how, season, how are you so. feeling generally? Have have you made noticeable changes to your lifestyle and diet already uh i feel great now i got yeah. a great uh team of, of of like with my with my gp and uh a couple of experts and that stuff that i'm i'm, I'm meeting with and that stuff uh, I'm, i feel awesome now um Good. I'm, I'm on the insulin and that stuff so uh yeah it's just an evaluation uh right now and see how severe it is and then uh we'll take it from there but uh, as it stands right now i feel back to normal um and uh, excited I'm, I'm i'm ready for hopefully fingers crossed a nice long playoff right. run here well, with the oilers true. but uh, no, we'll see no ice cream for you though no ice looking. cream no, no ice cream out of the stanley no, cup in a no. couple months okay definitely thanks for sharing that Kelly. Hey, no problem thanks it. for asking three nothing lightning leading the maple leafs after the first rangers up two nothing on the devils with about six minutes left in the second period Later, Game 1, Jets at Golden Knights. Kraken at Avalanche. 6.30, Chet, tomorrow. Stoff has the extended playoff game day edition of Oilers now from noon to 2. Face-off show at 6. Game again will start around 8.20. We have the Certainty Hotline, 7804960063. Chris, thanks for waiting through the news there, man. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks, Reed. Um, yeah, season seat holder, longtime listener. I was at the game last night, disgusted by the people throwing stuff on the ice. I hope that uh, everybody learns from that. Um, my comment is, Connor McDavid left off the score sheet. Uh, doesn't often happen two games in a row. I don't know if you have the stats on that, but I would imagine he comes back with a multi-point game. I think that's probably his history. My question to you, Reed, um, and basically I'm saying, like, everybody just calm down. We're fine. Um, uh, my question to you is, do the referees after games, do they sit and do they go back and, and look and see if there's any diving, any embellishment? Do they take notes that way? Is that part of their um, protocol? Okay, you know what, that's a good question. Um, I, I don't know if they do stuff right after games, but they're definitely evaluated. And I would assume, I'll, maybe I'll try to get Tim Peel on the show again, because I had him on a couple of times last year. And Tim actually told a story about how he missed a call in a playoff game, and then that was it. He didn't work any more playoff games. They definitely are evaluated. I don't know if they'll rewatch an entire game 
for example, Chris, you know, like Woody and the coaching staff would have watched the entire game again, either last night or first thing this morning, right? I don't yeah. know if refs do that specifically, but I do think they would want to go over certain situations to kind of confirm that what they saw from their angle is is actually what happened. You know, I'm sure last night with the with the Vinny thing, if I were a ref, I would want to know did he actually step on the stick or was he tripped, right? I, well, I would want yeah, to know that, I, I, but I I I I, I want I do want to get Tim Peel again, and that's something uh, that's something I would ask him how specifically they they rewatch games if they'll rewatch an entire game or try to focus on certain moments. Yeah, just don't ask him about minor hockey refing. Which one, Peel? Tim Peel. Yeah. What he did got, am I forgetting something? What year. did he say? Oh, he got in a bunch of trouble for uh, addressing the the refs of his kids' game. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, I vaguely remember that. Well, yeah. he's a he's a the refs are the the refs are generally very confident people. I found. Oh, for <laughs> but I think, sure. I think you have for to sure. be to be a ref. But. And I'm just refer I'm referencing that that trip earlier in the game where you know he was back on two feet and then kind of fell down and I thought mm, that could have been embellishment. And I just wonder if they looked for that. And and you know over seven game series there's going to be some game management. We'll we'll get our calls and our favor and your other caller brought up the first period we were quite fortunate to get those two calls in a row um yeah i got a lot of confidence i'm not worried good good to hear chris thanks for chiming in man Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. uh kellen hit me with some of the uh, things we have written in through text Yes, uh, we've got uh, a quick one from Nick here to open things up. He says, it's only one game. I would say that if the Oilers won. So, Well, I, that, I, I mean, that is the thing. It's so, I mean, it, it was a crushing way to lose. And, and as I was saying to Chelsea, if the Oilers can't handle it, then they don't deserve to win the series, let alone the Stanley Cup. If they let one loss derail how they come out and play tomorrow. I don't think they will. They have been in this situation tomorrow. But, of course, it is... It's more. It, there's a more nervous feeling when you lose game one, because then if you lose game two, you got to win four of the next five. You're going into L.A. All those types of things. But yeah, it, of course, it's only it, it's only one game. And and I do think the Oilers can clean clean up some of the details that they let slip last night. Uh, we've got uh, an unknown text that's come in from uh, a number, and it says the Oilers will crown the Kings tomorrow. <laughs> well, it's funny. Last year when they lost game one, JP called in after the game and predicted a 6 nothing victory. And, of course, Rob and I chuckled. Mm -hmm. And then it was and? game. So, but but, like, <laughs> but, here, but here, here's the interesting thing. I mean, of course, we're in Edmonton. We're in oil country. Most of the discussion is oil-centric. If... If I'm covering the Kings, I'm saying, great comeback. You can't fall behind again, right? You're sitting there saying, you know, good third period. Where was that the rest of the game? And, oh, by the way, we got outshot 11-4 in overtime, right? And 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 things like that. So, I mean, you're always going to look at the, the the negatives or the shortcomings because you want your, your team to do well. So, the, it, let's, let, Kellen, let's slide this McClellan clip in here now. This was Todd after the game last night because he was asked about the Kings not opening it up and pushing offensively even when they fell behind 2-0. Well, we've played them enough to know that we can't do that. And, uh, you know, even down the stretch when we were down by two, it, we couldn't let it get to three. And we had to check for our chances, be patient, uh, use the clock as much as we could, and it worked out in our favor. Um, there's no guarantee that will happen again. Uh, but all we have to do is worry about tonight and prepare for the next game tomorrow. 
So, I mean, look, I think Todd's a very good coach. And so his team committed to what they were doing for 60 minutes. So maybe over the course of the whole game, they did it just a little bit better than the Oilers. Todd was always, when he was here, he always talked about checking, talked about playing inside the other's team equipment. And, and so they committed to checking. Even when they were behind, we said, we still got to check for our chances. We can't try to turn into some high-flying, long-bomb team, uh, long team to tie it up. And what was another thing Todd McClellan used to say when he was in Edmonton? You have 60 minutes to win the game and sometimes even longer. And so they needed... 69-19 last night to win the game. So the Kings did a very good job of committing to the things that their coach wanted them to do. And they ultimately did it just a little bit better than the Edmonton Oilers. So again, if I'm looking at this totally neutrally, I'm saying, okay, the Kings did something very difficult and they succeeded. Now they have to do it again. And as much as we're lamenting the Oilers blowing it, and, I, and I, I'm comfortable saying they blew it, the LA Kings were in a pretty precarious position, right? And so they're probably saying, well, we were behind most of the night and we can't play that way for seven games. The back and forth we go. Uh, we'll get to a little more, a few more comments from Hyman, McDavid and Woodcroft as we go along. Luke Gazdick is in town. I talked to him this afternoon. We'll talk about game one of the series and he has a, a very interesting story about Connor McDavid going to West Edmonton Mall as a rookie. That's coming up on Inside Sports. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. All right, he joins us every couple of weeks here on Inside Sports, former Oiler, now broadcasting with Rogers Sportsnet. He is presented by Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. It is uh, Luke Gazdick, who is in Edmonton, and I uh, met him downtown this afternoon for a chat. Okay, Luke, well, a bit of a different setting for us as you are in Edmonton for game two of the series. So first of all, tell us what your day is going to look like tomorrow because I, you're going to get to interact with a lot of fans, which I know you like. Yeah, it's great to be back here. Um, tomorrow I have a signing um, in the Ice District. Uh, I'm not sure what the time that actually is. I believe it's 5.30, something around there, but I'll be in the Ice District signing autographs, saying hi, and then uh, I will be the special alumni guest for, for game two tomorrow night. So always fun to come back. Okay, so I think we're going to see you in Studio 99 on the Faceoff show as well, which will be fun. Get a double dose of you on uh, on 6.30, Chet. When you, uh, when you come back to, I know you weren't in Edmonton in a long time, but when you come back, is there still like... Uh, a kernel of you here or you're kind of like oh yeah this this feels a you know familiar i don't you know the yeah. rink's different stuff but. no honestly this feels like home man like i i know it was only three years here but i 
I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. It felt a lot longer. Um, but I just, I really connected with the people in the city and, I, and I've done a lot since in terms of, you know, doing community stuff and hockey helps the homeless and working with the alumni. I have a really soft spot in my heart for, for not only the Oilers, but uh, for the town of Edmonton. I, I love coming in. I wish the airport was always a little closer, but it's a nice, uh, it's a nice ride to just be able to take it all in. I'm, my first time ever doing that ride was with Mark Messier, so I'll never forget oh, that. Oh, what's that story? You had a <laughs> That was uh, when I first got picked up by the Oilers. I was sprinting to my gate in Minnesota to catch a connection, and I heard a, a loud, booming voice say, hey, are you Luke? And I turned around, and it was Mark Messier, and he's standing there, and he said, I'm, I'm dropping the puck for, for the home opener. I'm gonna, we're going to fly together to Edmonton, and then we're going to take a car. I'm staying at the Westin, too. So I spent a good two, three hours w with Moose, and, uh, yeah, I was just asking him questions and soaking it all in. That is amazing. What a what a welcome. I know. Like, I, just, I was literally, I, I sprinted from one end of the Minneapolis airport to the other. I have a cliff bar and like a green juice in my hand. And I just hear, hey, are you Luke? And I was like, oh, I'm getting recognized already, eh? <laughs> and then, no, I turned around and big bald man. He is larger than life. And uh, he said, yeah, I'm dropping the puck. And I just couldn't believe it. I texted my parents right away. I said, I'm going to Edmonton, Mark Messier. That, that must have felt good, though, that sense of, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer and you were a guy trying to craft out a, a career that yeah. You know, he took the took the time. Yeah, and uh, I always think it's funny because we I f we landed at the international terminal where you know all the Oiler players are on top of the baggage claim, and I was the only ba bag that was still spinning on the carousel. I don't know why it took us forever to get down there or whatever, but Mark picked up my bag and sticks and walked out of the rink with it. And I'm like, I hope nobody sees this. Mark Messier is carrying my bag and sticks to our private car that we're getting driven for my first NHL game. I'm like, you know, six months ago I was riding a bus going from freaking Oklahoma City to Houston and here I am playing in the NHL so it's pretty cool. All right so I, I wouldn't have asked you this while you were playing here but I'll ask you know where did you where did you live what neighborhood were you when you when you lived in Edmonton? My first rookie year I lived on in a condo on Jasper Avenue just across from the Earl's Tim, pa Tim Palace. Nice. I, I know that because I spent a couple meals there and, uh, and then I moved in with Taylor Hall and his house in Glenora uh, kind of Valley View near the zoo over there in the West End so uh, and then pretty publicly that, that I've said before Connor moved in with us uh, the year after so yeah we were out in the West End and loved it out there it was nice and quiet and very friendly and it's kind of one of the reasons I love this town like all our neighbors were so cool and friendly and respectful so uh, yeah a lot of nice things to say about about living here so were you going out to eat a lot as a young <laughs> single guy like maybe too much when you look back on it <laughs> well I, I think yeah maybe more than I more than I should have it's you know anyone that's ever lived by themselves knows it's not I, I love to cook but cooking for yourself every night night in night out can get a little depressing sometimes you just want a little bit of uh, a little bit of social social and some talking so it was a little bit of a mix we had a couple spots me and Taylor that we really like to go to and a couple spots the day before or night before games um, but we did a lot of cooking at home too and especially once Connor got in the house there was no going out <laughs> uh, whether it be to dinner or anything it was it was always an occasion, you know, when if we wanted to go to sit at a booth at Cactus Club and, you know, get get a meal, bringing Connor along wasn't always the easiest he thing. So I, I know he's polite. But yeah, he's yeah, and, and I've told this stories like this before. He's super polite, but, I mean, we'd pull up to a red light and, and the people beside us would be taking pictures. And uh, I'll never forget when he, he was a rookie, he asked me early, early in the year to, to go to West Ed. He needed a couple things. And I looked at him straight in the eyes. I said, you, do you want to go to West Ed? You do. And he 
he said, yeah, yeah, I need this and this. I was like, okay, and we got there, and I give it 10, 12 minutes read before he looked at me and said, we have to go. And we had a crowd of people following us out to the car and screaming. And I just looked at him. He said, yep, never again, <laughs> never again. So we would, um, I, you know, I, I made sure I took pride in making sure the fridge was full all the time. And I always asked the boys, what, what do you guys like to cook? Would you, or would you like to eat at home? And I'd make sure I'd always have meals on the regular for the, for the boys. Which, which is too bad because, and, and I think he does. And I mean, I know him and Lauren did the video their their house but i mean he's here you know eight months a year like yeah. maybe more like you want to live in the city so i hope I, I do think fans are respectful but i also get sometimes people might be in awe and they just can't help it right yeah and i think that's more the thing with connor was you know i live with taylor and he was a superstar too but there was a difference between someone coming up to, to Halsey and having a conversation or a group of people than Connor. Like, Connor was a, a whole nother level. And he's the nicest kid. A lot of, you know, people that have met him know he's very personable and he's, re he's really nice. But if you crowd him around and you're yelling and stuff like that, you can see why he, he doesn't want to be in the public maybe as much as he does. And it, it truly is shock and awe, though, because I think it's just... You see him on TV and you see all the things he does and you see him in person and I got to get that autograph or, you know, maybe he'll take a right. picture with me, but uh, it does kind of suck. The winter months can get pretty long. Yeah. But I mean, I, I get it because a fan might think, well, I'll just spend 30 seconds with him, which is respectful. Yeah. But if it's 80 people, yeah. that quickly turns yeah. into 40 minutes or whatever. Right? And then, you know, it, it ends up like he's he ends up looking like the bad guy because he doesn't sign somebody's kid's thing. But it's like you can't sign everything and you can't. That's kind of what I learned. And I'm not comparing myself to Connor. But when you go out here, you're a very public figure and, and people, you know, ask sometimes a lot of you and uh you can't say yes to, to every photo and every autograph and uh for me i tried to do everyone i could i didn't have swords and so you know swarms of people coming up to me but connor did the best he could he he's he's very good with it all right so that's luke gazdick and more with luke coming up after the seven o'clock news as, as i told you we did that in person this afternoon he's going to be doing some autographs tomorrow at uh, some of the fan events leading into game two of the Oilers and the Kings. Uh, so, yeah, Connor going to uh, West Edmonton Mall willingly at first, <laughs> then realizing that perhaps being uh, around that many people as a famous hockey player in Edmonton uh, might impede your shopping a little bit. <laughs> But uh, oh, it's kind of kind of funny. Appreciate Luke sharing that. And uh, yeah, we'll get into Game One and the Oilers Kings series after the seven o'clock news. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three for your feedback. Kellen, hit me with a couple. For sure. We'll uh, start with Matt in the culvert here. He says, "Happy playoffs, Reed." And he asks, "Were the Kings allowed to swap a player out for the goalie after the icing on the six on four yesterday?" Uh, yeah, you can put the goalie back in. Yes. Oh. Uh, maybe they, yeah, that'd be interesting if you got to leave the rule that the goalie has to stay out. Okay. By the way, Gabe Velarde in town might play tomorrow. All right. We go to Doug. Doug says, Reed, the Oilers didn't deserve to win the game. They didn't play well in penalties, too many defensive lapses, and the goaltending wasn't good. Good news is I don't think they can play that bad in too many games. Thanks, Doug. 
Well, yeah, I think we know they can play better. And again, it's four and seven, and that's what I was saying, that somebody's got to beat them four times in seven games. And I also said that I thought the toughest two teams in the West in terms of opponents for the Oilers were the Avalanche and the Kings, and they got the Kings right off the bat. I, I didn't think Skinner had a bad game. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll defer to his own assessment that he was fairly average. Uh, I know the Kempe backhander some people don't like. It, it appeared to hit a stick uh, along the way. But uh, I, to me, it's the penalty. That, that If I were going to emphasize something, it would be the penalties, though I, I know there were some other issues as well that probably got to be cleaned up. More with Gazdick and more from you when we get back to Inside Sports.